the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hour number two of the Bruce Woolley Show starts right now. Big thank you to Jenny Terre from Daily Caller News Foundation. She's an immigration investigative reporter, and uh, we will certainly have her back on the show. And uh, she's doing incredible work uncovering the Al-Shabaab terrorist who's uh, now been deported but was here for 11 months. And uh, also discussing the unnerving memo from... Secretary Mayorkas indicating that, look, if somebody's here and they're here illegally, that's that's we're not going to that's not the reason we're going to boot them out of the country. So essentially saying we're not going to follow the law. Um, boy, is that unnerving. OK, um, I want to bring him in because uh, it's a treat to have him. He's an American diplomat, TV personality, public relations consultant served as acting director of national intelligence in President Donald Trump's cabinet in 2020, served as the United States ambassador to Germany from 2018 to 2020, and as the special presidential envoy for Serbia and Kosovo peace negotiations from 2019 to 2021, talking about Rick Grinnell. Rick, thanks for taking time to be with us again today. Uh, It's good to have you back. How are you? Yeah, Jack, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. I always forget that you're on on the West Coast and it's early. So, man, do I feel privileged? Um, <laughs> oh, I've been up. I've been up for hours. <laughs> OK, awesome. Well, hopefully not because you have heartburn about what's going on. Here's how I want to tee off our conversation. What visibility would you have into immigration and border issues as they now exist, say, in 2020, when you were the acting director of national intelligence? Well, obviously, intelligence feeds a public policy officials. Uh, the whole idea of having intelligence is so that we have the best possible information, the most accurate information given to public policy officials as they create policies. And so uh, the, the intel community is fundamental to how we deal with the border, whether we're uh, understanding who's coming uh, the information that, that we can pick up um, before, say, groups, large groups come to the border. Uh, we have information about individuals. Certainly, we know that there have been uh, a number of people, hundreds of people that were on the terrorist watch list or that are national security concerns. There's a difference between the two. And we don't have an accurate record. We know there's at least uh, a couple hundred that have made it in, but uh, that's not a comprehensive list. That's the tip of the iceberg. That's only what we know. Information, accurate information, is supposed to shape policy. But as I look at, and I 
to be totally transparent, I ha- haven't had a chance to go through the full 300 pages of this uh, Senate border bill. But what I did do is I just talked with Jenny Terre. She's an investigative reporter with Daily Caller News Foundation. And she unearthed the fact that an Al-Shabaab terrorist was in this country for 11 months. That's real information. But it seems to me that Democrats in the Senate and even some Republicans aren't willing to fully close the border. What is your visceral response to this Senate border bill? Uh, And I I can't ask that you've read through it, but just based on what your understanding is now. Well, first of all, let's be clear. The one individual that she's talking about is, is, is literally just one of hundreds. The administration knows that we have individuals on the terrorist watch list that have made it into our country that are still here living somewhere and we have no idea where they are except we know they're in our country and so this is a a crisis situation it's silly for anyone to think that there needs to be new laws for joe biden to act and close the border what is stopping joe biden from say implementing the new laws that we're talking about He's not implementing the current ones. Why do we think he's going to implement the new ones we're talking about? I view this bill as uh, something that is is basically saying the Democrats and the Biden administration saying, give us a whole bunch of money, give us billions of dollars for Ukraine, and then we might enforce some immigration laws. And Jenny also told us about a, a public memo Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas saying, look, if somebody's here illegally, that's not really ground for us to throw them out of the country. So what you're saying is backed up by evidence. They're not enforcing the current law. They want more money. And this goes kind of to the heart of the question. When I look at this border security bill, I do see two things. Um, One, in the event of border emergency authority, Alejandro Mayorkas is the guy. And uh, by the way, uh, he's facing impeachment in the House. And funding would go to Ukraine and Israel in order to protect our border. Um, Let no tragedy go to waste, I guess, is the thing. Here's the hard question, Rick. Should we be funding Israel and Ukraine both or one and not the other and why? Well, 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 first of all, uh, foreign aid, uh, the, the assistance from the American taxpayer, Money that goes to other countries directly from the hardworking people of America needs to be taken very seriously. I don't believe that we should just roll over funding and increase it. I don't even believe that the State Department and all the embassies should just roll over and increase the funding every year. Uh, Start from last year's number and add more onto it. I think that what we have to be able to do is make sure that the hard-earned money from the uh, American taxpayer and taking money from my mother who's on Social Security to help others, it needs to be a a priority emergency uh, situation. I don't want to take money from my mom to help the Ukrainian police do a better job. I want the money to go to the American police to patrol New York and L.A. and D.C. and all the rest of the cities across our country that need the help. And so I think until we have problems solved in our country, until we have a closed border, we need to be looking at foreign aid in a very uh, skeptical way. There shouldn't be uh, money that's ever given 
without strings or without somebody watching. We've given too much money to Ukraine right now uh, without watching where it's going. We just saw a report that $40 million was squandered, 40 million of the billions we've given. And I saw so many Democrats saying, well, it's a small percentage of what we've given. Well, $40 million is a lot of money to a lot of people, certainly to a lot of cities across this country and to a lot of families. And so I think we've got to do a better job of being much more skeptical about taking money from the American people and giving it to people overseas. So when I think about this bill, we'll stay here for just a moment. I know that it's been, um, I guess, negotiated by Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Langford. And it's either the Republicans are saying this is the best the Dems will do. Here you go in good faith. I'm going to show it to you. Or it's the Democrats negotiating in bad faith, knowing that there's no way in Hades Republicans are going to approve this. And then they're going to use that as ammunition going into this election cycle to say, look, they're not serious about the border. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I'm not concerned at all about the Democrats trying to gain the upper hand on a political issue like immigration. They've spent three years with an open border. This last year, they've decided to try this message point of, well, we're trying to uh, create legislation that would allow us to close the border. That all flies in everyone's face as soon as you look at the facts, as Mm -hmm. soon as you look at the the simple fact that Donald Trump used the same existing laws and closed the border. So what, what is it that Donald Trump could do that Joe Biden can't? Why do we need new legislation? We, we need political will. And Joe Biden doesn't have the political will. And let's be honest about this. The reason the Democrats want to keep the border open is because they have a large segment of their voting base that wants to uh, just have an open border that, that welcomes everybody, that doesn't want to say no to anyone that they believe that everyone has a right to come to the United States if they want to, that, uh, that, that we should have an open heart to the point of allowing everyone to come in. And look, I, I'll go toe-to-toe and debate who has more compassion any day, because I believe that the American people have incredible compassion. They are the, the most generous people in the history of the world. You look at the UN, you look at any crisis, The American people are there first. In Europe, Europeans don't write personal checks when there's a flood or when there's a humanitarian disaster in Africa. They say to their government, gee, I hope that you do something. In America, our government responds, our NGOs respond, and we respond personally with personal checks above our tax dollars. So we have a system that's incredibly generous. We give a million people a year citizenship. One million people, roughly, a year get to become U.S. citizens. Unfortunately, we have 100 million people that would like to become U.S. citizens, so we have to have rules and we have to enforce rules. Rick Cornell, fantastic analysis. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Rick Grinnell, for visiting with us today. It's always fantastic to get his uh, 
I don't know, unapologetic commentary on what's going on. And I hope that he's right. I hope Americans, Ohioans, listeners, that you look at what the Democrats are talking about and the posturing that's going to happen. I mean, they're going to twist themselves into pretzels and the press is going to, you know, pretend that these guys are um, empathetic, sympathetic people and they're trying to get a border deal done and the Republicans are just the nefarious bad actors. <laughs> Grinnell just kind of cuts through it and says, Joe Biden's not even enforcing the laws already in the books. I mean, that's all you need to know, right? Enforce the laws on the books, which to me brings up the whole issue of Alejandro Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security, which, by the way, if you didn't listen last week to the interview with Mark Murphy, whose beautiful daughter, Lizzie, died of fentanyl poisoning in 2020 and uh, who has been bringing awareness to the border crisis since then, but is is now more concerned because of the massively increased border insecurity. If you didn't listen to that interview, I asked him, what would you say to Alejandro Mayorkas if you were sitting across the table from him? Go to the Ohio Press Network at theohiopressnetwork.com, and uh, the feature story is there. And uh, the interview is broken up into four segments. You can listen to it. But the reality is we have a broken border, and we have a broken border because Biden doesn't want to enforce the laws already in the books. He wants more money to send to Ukraine, to to send to Israel. And that's my question. Should we be funding Israel? Yes, they are a partner, right? They are a partner in this world, in this global world that seems increasingly chaotic and evil. Should we be giving $14 billion to them when their GDP to debt ratio is lower than ours? Here's the hard question. The other hard question, should we be giving money to Ukraine? I'm curious Um, I'll have to see if I can search up a poll on where Americans stand on that. But where do you stand on that? 844-825-5989. But it's the charade, right? The Senate immigration deal, it's a charade. It's something that um, Democrats and their pals in the press will use to point to Republicans and say they're posturing, they're parading around like they want, um, you know, border security and they're doing it in order to pander to their voters. But, Please, this is not something that they want. Yes, it is. I think it is. It's something I want. But um, I think we ought to enforce the laws already on the books um, and not go willy-nilly writing checks to other countries when we have a $34 trillion deficit in this country. So thank you, Rick Grinnell, for breaking that down. Uh, Up next, we'll have State Representative Beth Lear. Excuse me for a moment while I take a drink. My voice is still dry. I feel well. A couple of you asked me last week, are you feeling okay? I feel well. My voice is just still a little scratchy um, and faded. But uh, Lear will be here to talk about this upcoming session on Wednesday in the Ohio House and uh, maybe what we can expect. So uh, I want to take a look at some of the numbers. Um, oh, by the way, before I do that, I did I did promise you, didn't I? I promised you that I would... Uh, uh, talk about the war room and Steve Bannon. Well, let me tee it up this way. Um, President Biden announced that one year after the train derailment, Biden-Harris administration continues to support people in East Palestine, Ohio, 
in nearby communities and hold Norfolk Southern accountable. I read to you that Dave Yost, Ohio's Attorney General, is pursuing answers to many, many questions. Being an inquisitive reporter and you being an inquisitive listener, one of the questions you might ask Joe Biden uh, is, what is your Attorney General Merrick Garland doing? And you can ask him maybe in person in February, President Biden will travel to East Palestine, Ohio, to meet with residents impacted by the train derailment. Uh, That date to yet be announced. But Steve Bannon isn't buying it. And uh, if I can get this clip pulled up, I believe it's cut 13. This is Bannon talking about East Palestine. Uh, So let's go to Steve Bannon, uh, snippet from the war room, uh, cut 13. As you can tell, there's still a lot of, um, uh, how do I say this, people that are quite worked up. And here's the reason. I think Dr. Sai has got it. It's not that they've been forgotten. It's not even they've been abandoned. They're being punished. And you know what they're being punished for? They're being punished for being the backbone of this country. This is essentially the talk or part of the talk I gave with Eli Crane and uh, Carrie Lake last night in Prescott, Arizona, where the people that are the backbone of this nation, the people upon which the prosperity and peace of this nation rest are the ones that are being punished by the globalists. Well, Bannon says... It's not about being forgotten. It's about being punished. It's about being pro-American. It's about being anti-globalist. Do you believe it? I mean, I'd be hard-pressed not to believe it at this juncture. Um, But it's not about what I believe. Let's look at what other people believe. Um, Some numbers to look at. We're going to look at 538 Real Clear Politics and Decision Desk HQ um, in the Hill. Uh, 538, generic congressional ballot, Republicans lead by a point, meaning there's more support for Republicans than Democrats in the 538 poll. Um, They lead by two and a half points in the Real Clear Politics poll, and uh, Decision Desk has it a point and a half. Biden's approval... Right. All roads to the Biden administration, whether it's East Palestine, whether it's the border crisis, whether it's the economy. um, 538 has Biden's approval at 38 percent. 55 percent disapproving. Real clear has it a little better. 40.7, 55.8 disapproving. Decision desk at 41 percent and 54 percent disapproving. So he is under water. Um GOP presidential primary, 538, has Trump thumping Nikki Haley, 74-17. Real clear, 73-18. Decision desk HQ in the Hill, 72-15. And uh, Trump is leading Biden by three and a half points, according to 538. He's leading by 2.2 points, according to Real Clear Politics, and two and a half according to Decision Desk HQ in the Hill. So maybe Rick Grinnell, what he's saying is accurate. People aren't buying the charade. Um, It's interesting. It's going to get even more interesting. Hey, Beth Lear is next, so uh, stay tuned. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.